This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. This season, we're discussing the beginning of Taylor Swift's career, starting with her self-titled debut album. Today, we'll be discussing two very well-known tracks from Taylor's first album. But before we get to that, I need to introduce two very special Starbucks lovers. Joining us for the very first time today is Lex, as well as our returning guest, Arzu, from Space Waffles. Now, before we get started, I think that it's time to learn a little bit about Lex's history as a Taylor Swift fan. Okay. Um, Are you ready? (laughs) I am. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, so I first became a Taylor Swift fan uh, in seventh grade. Um, Mm -hmm. I, the debut album was actually the first album I remember buying on iTunes. Um, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Was that like the Nano? It was the Nano. It was red. And um, side note, I bought, purposely bought the red Nano because I really thought that I was going to just cure AIDS if I took that. So I remember I had the red Nano, but my favorite color was purple. So I got a purple case for it. Uh, And I remember being on the school bus and this girl that I sat next to on the bus was listening to uh, our song. And she was like, hey, you want to hear this new song? I'm like, okay. And she plays it. And it was much more country than anything that I listened to um, because my favorite band in seventh grade was the Pussycat Dolls. Uh, but I was like, this is a bop. And so, yeah, that year for my birthday, I got an iTunes gift card and I bought the Taylor, or bought Taylor Swift and just been following ever since. So I love that. So what is your favorite Taylor Swift album? Uh, you know, I have been agonizing over this all day. Uh, it really is a toss up between folklore and reputation. I think folklore aligns a lot with a lot of other artists I currently mm-hmm. like like Phoebe Bridgers, a little bit of Lana Del Rey. Um, but I just keep going back to reputation. I think I don't want to say I give off reputation vibes, <laughs> but I think I kind of do. So I love that so much because I think those are like two of my favorites as well. I was actually jamming to reputation in the car today. Mm, me too. So I, I definitely feel that. Now, this is always a difficult question for people to answer, but what are your top five Taylor Swift tracks? Okay. Um, this was another one I agonized over all day. And if you give me, like, if you were to ask me this question tomorrow, this list could change and the order could change. But I think I'm going to go, uh, my favorite right now, especially, is Right Where You Left Me. Um, number two, August. Number three, Cardigan. Number four, Wildest Dreams. And number five, Out of the Woods. Which I know I just said Reputation is my favorite album. And then did it with a single song out of my top five. But it, I think I love Reputation as a cohesive album. Um, like I love that, you know, it was marketed as this big comeback album. And, you know, like a screw you Kanye West kind of thing. But really like the heart of that album is this beautiful love story in the midst of chaos. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just beautiful. But yeah, my top five favorite songs are all Folklore, Night to Day to Dine. So I love that. I love that for you. (laughs) So on the topic of the album that we are discussing today, what is your favorite track from Taylor Swift? Uh, I got to go with Picture to Burn. Um, 
debuts, honestly, I mean, I, I love debut and I hold a great amount of nostalgia for it. It is my least favorite album just because it's the most like yeehaw of all of them. It's so yeehaw. (laughs) It is a little bit of a departure of like what I normally listen to. But I love Picture to Burn. And I just remember being in, I think, seventh or eighth grade. And I asked my dad if we could listen to Taylor Swift. And he'd never heard it. So he's like, yeah, sure. And by the end, he would do this little dance to Picture to Burn where when she'd go watch me strike a match, my dad would pretend that he was striking a match. That's so cute. <laughs> I so and I just remember like jamming hardcore to that song with my dad. Oh, I actually I have a song. lot of like fond Taylor Swift memories that my dad's a part of. And that's one of them. And so, yeah, I, I, I always go back to that song. Oh, I love that so much. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that you love Wildest Dreams because we just got Wildest Dreams, Taylor Swift's version, because Taylor Swift is a menace. I Um, cried a little bit. I was so excited. uh, It was such a surprise because she saw that Wildest Dreams was trending on TikTok, and she decided to just surprise drop Taylor's version. Uh, And it's so good. I love hearing her, like, more mature voice singing these tracks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it'll be... Uh, on a loop several times it's on it's on maybe four different playlists now because i'm like you maggie there's like a playlist for everything and this one is on several of them i think it'll be really interesting to i was thinking about this because that album's only seven years old and she's Mm -hmm. already sounds so much more mature on it i think it'll be really interesting to hear her re-records of the debut album because that was half her life ago that that came out yes I'm so, like, I can't tell if I want her to do her country accent again. Because Homegirl's been living in London. She does not have the country twang that she had as a child. No. And I'm like, I, I'd, like, halfway want her to go back to it just for the nostalgia's sake. But for the also, like, I'm just like, eh, maybe don't. Just just go with it with your, like, your normal voice. Even she can help us I mean, sing it without a twang, too, you know? She's She's from Pennsylvania. She should not have that much yeah. of a twang <laughs> well, I and mean, even just, like, in, like, just the, in Nashville <laughs> even in like the um, reputation um, stadium tour on Netflix when she sings should have said no like I always think about how in the recorded song she goes should have thought twice before you let it all go and then when singing it live she now says should have thought twice like mm-hmm. almost like she's putting more of an emphasis on the ice instead of the twice <sighs> yes she's, lost that. she's filtering it out I, I mean, every time any song on that album comes on, I go full on Yeehaw and I sing it in a, like an exaggerated country. Accent. Me too. Yeah. Me too. And I'm from Canada and the Yeehaw comes out anyway. There you go. Oh my God. I am a sponge for accents. So like listening to these songs today, I, I was like, nope, we're not, we're not going to do this. We're going <laughs> to, you're not from Tennessee, Maggie. Um, but you know, that video that she released with Wildest Dreams did spark a lot of theories uh, because people think that it's possible that 1989 is going to come before Red. I don't necessarily know if I believe this because TikTok has been glitching and it's very possible that that glitch happened on TikTok and then she was just like, I'm just going to roll with it. I mean, this yeah. could be the five holes in the fence post again, like complete, like this means nothing. <laughs> I was so adamant about the five holes in the pen- fence thing when that came out that I refused to get fooled twice. <laughs> And so it's, any theory, I just am like, maybe. 
I would it love was because like right after it. the five holes in the fence post, she posted the picture sitting on like the seventh stair. And like, how am I? There were seven to think palm trees. It was oh, I remember. It was seven palm seven trees. palm trees. She was sitting on the sixth stair. Yes, the sixth chair. And then there were five holes. That's on you, girl. You did that. She knew it. She was clowning on us. She, mm-hmm. her mind is this just like a very mysterious and simply terrifying place. Yep. I'm confident that, like, by the time this episode comes out, something will have happened. I feel like it's inevitable with her. Um, She is Thanos. She is inevitable. Um, (laughs) And TikTok is Iron Man. Yes. Um, She also shared a really sweet TikTok to the whole Mama Said trend with uh, Shania Twain going from country to pop, which I thought was great because then Shania also responded to it and did the trend about Dolly Parton, uh, which just made my heart feel all sorts of things. Uh, And I just really love that. Uh, Also, as we record this, yesterday was Taylor and Joe's fifth anniversary. Uh, We I think we only know that September 28th is their anniversary because she changed the lyrics of um, Earth, Wind, and Fire song September from September 21st to September 28th. And then, like, had posted a picture or something on September 8th and people, like, had seen them and it was, like, supposed to be, like, an anniversary, like, thing. I don't know. That's what... That's that's the unofficial or official anniversary of them dating. So one day she'll confirm this, I suppose. I like to do this thing where every time there's a fan theory about her even if i buy it i like to think of a reason why it's not true like i have this running joke that enchanted was not actually written about the lead singer of owl city and that he just thought it was so he just wrote this like response song and she listened to it and was like oh no and that's why we like never heard about it again uh at this one, like, I, I love to think that the 20, I, I'm sure it is their anniversary, but I also think it'd be really funny if she just accidentally said the wrong date while she was singing that song. Just <laughs> rolled, just that's initially it. what my first thought was. And I was just like, well, this is also late, like, late summer where, like, some of the timeline matches yeah. up and, like, sometime in this time period. Either oh. way, they've been together for five years. I'm She's totally... also, like, everything she does is intentional, so I'm quite sure. But also, it means something. Something happened oh, on September eighth. Yeah, I just like to maybe make that was the day laugh. he looked up grinning like a devil. Who knows? Right. <laughs> I just like to make myself laugh at like, what if it was just this one simple thing? <laughs> Everybody <laughs> blew it into this big thing. She misspoke. It's all good. <laughs> um, and the news I just saw today: uh, uh, Lena Dunham just got married, um, apparently, and Taylor was one of her bridesmaids. Um, no comment on that, but, uh, British Vogue had a bunch of pictures and Taylor Swift looked really pretty. Um, yay. Yay. <laughs> yeah, I comment really, to myself because I have Yeah, to. I'm just, I have a lot of feelings about that. Taylor picked better friends. Um, anyways, that brings <laughs> us to <laughs> the songs of the month, which are none other than our song and I'm only me when I'm with you, both of which have music videos to go along with them. Uh, So our song is the 11th track, and it comes in at 3 minutes and 22 seconds. This is arguably one of the most well-known songs from her debut album. The music video has been viewed almost 200 million times since it was posted in 2009. Uh, The song was written by Taylor for a talent show during her freshman year of high school and ended up being released as the third single on the album. 
In an interview after its release, she spoke on the inspiration, saying, I wrote it about this guy I was dating and how we didn't have a song. So I went ahead and wrote us one. Super simple. Um, I love this song. I think this is like one of the first songs from Taylor Swift that I heard. Uh, and I love it. I still know every like every lyric. Uh, when with it comes the twang. To I'm, yeah, with the twang. Uh, also, I have to say, like, I was riding shotgun with my hair undone in the front seat of his car. He's got one hand on the on the wheel, uh, one hand feel on the steering wheel. It has definitely like set the standard for what I expect from a man if I'm riding in this car with him. Like, put one hand on my knee, one hand on the steering wheel, and we're good to go. You know. See, when I was 13 and I was first listening to this song, I took everything very literally. And so I know now that when she says that the other on my heart, she means like proverbially, but I literally thought that like they were riding in the car and he just was like, doing the mom reach to stop her from falling out of her chair. Right. Like she was about to like fall off her chair. And I was like, that's kind of weird, Taylor, but I'm with you. I, my, my 18, 17, 18 year old brain took it in a completely different direction. I'm like, Taylor, why did you pause before you said heart? Where is his hand? (laughs) That's that was the first thing that went through my head, and I'm like, That's no, she's, she's. I always worse. assumed it was on the knee, not the heart. Because I was like, why is he fondling your chest? <laughs> we just assumed the worst of this guy. Like he's gonna, he's gonna crash the car. Like, I mean, she doesn't have a good track record with guys not keeping their eyes on the road. Oh, so true. So we're, we're right to get to that conspiracy worst. theory. You um, should do. Listen, if you do an episode on Taylor Swift and her history with men and cars please have me on it honestly it would be a great like bonus episode yep um i have to say like i'm not a huge fan of this music video uh i am ever glad that her music videos have evolved over the years uh to what i consider masterpieces now uh this one has no real story to it even though the song very clearly has like imagery that could have been used Mm -hmm. um I don't like any of the dresses in it. Might be my unpopular opinion. And like the whole flower scene is just weird to me. And and her just... straight hair is just yeah. dry. It's very strange. I just, this video to me strikes me very much like when I was 13, like what I thought a good music video would look like. Absolutely. Like a lot of vibes, not a lot of story, just me wearing whatever I wanted. Cause in my head, it was my music video. Um, me just wearing whatever I wanted, like with like some sort of atmosphere and there's nothing really happening. And I'm like, okay, at least we know that Taylor apparently has always had some degree of creative control because I can't see any adults conceiving of this music video. This was definitely a teenager who came up with it, but, but I agree. This is like such a firm story song with no story in the video. Well, and like, I think I, that it, so I think another thing that I have to be reminded of when I like revisit debut is this was kind of the only, well, not kind of, it was the only Taylor Swift album that we really got in the 2000s. Like Fearless came out in 2008, but I it feel like it didn't reach mainstream success until like 2009 to 2010. And <laughs> You go back and I'm, I don't like the dresses either. I'm not crazy about all the glitter on her face, but then you're like, but this would have been 2005, 2006. Oh, it's like, so, so early odds. Th- yeah. Like that's so, and it just, it really, sh- she's come so far in so many ways. She really has. I like, I like, there's certain elements of the music video that I like. Like I like the front porch 
because it kind of blends with like the screen door. Yeah. But then it like never follows it through. Like that would have been such a great visual. And maybe I've just been spoiled by like the spoofing of this on TikTok in recent months of people like recreating the literal lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I expect that and that a lot of her music videos even the really like far-fetched creative ones still kind of adhere to more of a story structure even from the debut album some of the other yeah. ones have a little like bit picture more to burn mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has a has a story yeah. um but this one I'm just like okay and the I dress know. is very much like prom dress from 2010 oh, yeah. like five four I'm pretty sure my prom dress was the same material as her orangey one. It was a different color, but I feel like the fabric. That orange one. I do. It doesn't match her complexion. That's what. Like she looks much better in like blues and greens and purples and pinks. And she had that bleach blonde hair back then. Like it was. Mm -hmm. I feel like it was a lot blonder than it is now, and it clashed with all that orange. And no highlights. No highlights. Girl. Blonde. Um, I will say I do. Another thing I think of when I think of this album is so between seventh and eighth grade, that was my last year that I would go to summer, that I went to summer camp. I used to go to summer camp every summer. And I remember rolling up to Camp Thunderbird 14 years, oh no, 13 years old. And I had a stack very thick of pictures I'd printed off of Google Images of Taylor Swift. And I remember, and I taped them all over my bunk and I remember everyone was like, oh, are you a big Taylor Swift fan? I was like, yes. But the reason I'd had so many pictures of her taped to my bunk was because I really, I'd never been asked every year my camp had an end of summer dance and I'd never been asked to the dance. And I thought the spirit of Taylor Swift was going to help me get a date to the dance. Did it? I had just curled my hair the way she did and it did not. I did not get a date to the dance. But I was obsessed with trying to curl my hair the way she did. Like, my poor hair. I I put it through the ringer. She put her own hair through the ringer, too. She did. We we went through that journey together. Now she can't get those curls back as nice as they once were. Yep. Can Um, confirm, if you mess with your curls too long, they'll just give up and not come back. And then they're just like, yeah, I'm done. Sorry. Goodbye. Fine. See Um, how it is. Yeah. Um, So our next song. Uh, is the next one on the album. It is I'm Only Me When I'm With You, which is the 12th track. Uh, And this track comes in at 3 minutes and 33 seconds long. Uh, The music video was released on March 3rd, 2008, uh, and it was uploaded on the Taylor Swift YouTube channel in June of 2009. I did not look to see how many times this one has been viewed. I feel like it's probably up in the 100 millions, most likely. Um, It was written by Taylor about her best friend, Abigail Anderson, with additional writing by Robert Ellis Oral and Angelo Petragalia. I absolutely adore her, like, home video footage, um, especially of her and, like, her teenage friends and her mother. Uh, And I really love that she maintains this tradition uh, and not only some of her music videos, but also, like, her lyric videos, uh, which have definitely gotten way more artistic in the past years. Um, we've seen some of the stuff that, like, Joe Alwyn has contributed through Frosty Crew um, and also some of her, like, own kind of pictures she's taken and other, like, photos and videos and stuff. So I really like that that has kind of persisted throughout her career. Uh, and this music video just, like, is so painless. It's not like a music video. It's more like just a home video 
real, basically. But uh, it's so painfully mid-aughts. Um, I think it's Abigail in one of the clips is wearing the vest over the striped, like, Hollister tee. And mm-hmm. I was like, I have that exact vest. Like, I wore that in the mid-aughts. Like, I still, well, up until I was, like, 20-something, I was still wearing that vest. I took that vest to college with me. Like, it was a good black vest. But I did not wear it with the Hollister stripes when I was older, just, like, when I was younger. But I was like... This is such, like, a little, like, treasure vault of old-fashioned. <laughs> it sounds like... Makes me not miss that fashion at all. It sounds like we're talking about some, like, vintage movie. It's like, oh, yes, the old-fashioned. The old it really day. is, though. And it's so funny. Yeah, it's 20 like, years old. Like, people, uh, people oh. on TikTok want to bring back this fashion. I'm like, no, you no. don't. Don't do it. Learn from our mistakes. Don't just don't. If low rise jeans comes back, then I am leaving the plan. Like I'm I'm stocking up on high rise jeans, like just in case. Yep, that's smart. I should do that. Yeah, but oh, I I really love the lyric. Um, and I know everything about you. I don't want to live without you. That is a great lyric. Uh, Which is like a lyric that you would expect from like a romantic song or something like that. But in the context of like friendship and family, I think it like. As I've gotten older and I've had these friendships that have persisted for more than, like, a handful of years, that really comes into, like, a much more powerful meaning. Because yeah. it's like, I do know everything about you. I don't have to, like, I I have, like, one friend who I've been friends with for 10 years. Lex, you know this person. She is a regular guest on the show. Uh, and it's so nice to be able to, like, go to that friend that you've had for so long and, like, talk about something because you don't have to give the backstory. You yeah. don't have to be like, okay, well, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened. You just be like, oh, my God, this person, like, texted me today. And it's like, oh, my God, I can't believe that person is, like, back trying to get back in your life. And right. it's like, this song has a lot of that, like, emotion to it. And then in the context of knowing that Taylor and Abigail are still friends, like, years after this, and that they'd already yeah. been friends for so long. Like, it's really powerful. Yeah. No, I remember I, this song, I hold a lot of sentimental value to because I used to, so this is, this is embarrassing, but whatever. <laughs> I, when I was 14, uh, was like a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> Who wasn't weird when they were 14? Yeah, no, like I was writing iCarly fan fiction. Like it was a thing. And Lex, I, didn't have, I was like, writing Kingdom Hearts fanfic when I was 14. I mean, fair fair but i didn't like i didn't fit in too well at school and didn't have tons of friends and i was convinced because this was back when i thought i wanted to be an actress that i was going to become famous and i was going to befriend miranda cosgrove and selena gomez and demi lovato and i was going to recreate this music video with them and everybody was going to feel bad and so I had like directed this full on music video in my head every time I listened to this song. And it was just me jamming out with Selena Gomez and Demi Lovato and Miranda Cosgrove. But now, thankfully, I'm at a point where I have made like actual genuine friends. They are real. They exist. Uh, <laughs> and um, same, same friend that, you know, mutual friend of ours. Uh, like yes. I, I think about her a lot when I listen to this song and mm-hmm. that I, I really wish that we would put out more like platonic friend, yes. like love songs in a way. Cause those 
are just as meaningful as romantic relationships. And I really appreciate that this song really speaks to like the true value of a good friend. Mm-hmm. Now that I, now that I know what that's like. <laughs> yes, exactly. Cause I think when this song first came out, I had no concept either. I was like friends, friends that you have longer than like a summer camp. What is this? I hadn't heard this song. I think I'd heard it like once or twice, like mm-hmm. back in the day and then listening to it for this. And I'm mad at myself for not having listened to it sooner for all the reasons you mentioned. Because it is like, like you're right, Lex, like having a song dedicated to this kind of really strong friendship because I feel like these friendships are, it's a completely different relationship to like a romantic relationship. Mm -hmm. And I would argue that we don't pay nearly enough attention to like friendship breakups and how those can be just Mm -hmm. as if not more devastating because- When the romantic stuff falls to pieces, it's the friends who pick you up. So if that falls right. to pieces, like who is going to pick you up Right after? So mm-hmm. I feel like there's not enough emphasis put on friendships and we need more tracks like this. We yep. do. And some of Taylor's newer stuff, there's like hints of friendship fallouts, um, particularly where like Carly Kloss is involved. Um, but I wish we could get more of that kind of like this broke me because of a friend doing this, not because of a guy, mm-hmm. not because of any romantic paramour but because of a friend, which friends are usually closer to you than like romantic people as well, just because they hear you ranting about romantic relationships and like that kind of stuff. And so when they betray your trust, it is such a deep knife, like death by a thousand cuts. Right. (laughs) But I think this this might make me sound super cynical about romantic relationships, but I am. So it's okay. Um, (laughs) You're among friends. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. But there is like this thing where you, you go into a romantic relationship and there's almost like an unspoken thing where it's like this, this could end because relationships do, but you don't have mm-hmm. that so much in a friendship and there's not as much of an expectation with friendship. Mm-hmm. And so I, yeah. And there's so many, I don't know if there's a lot of songs that speak to that element of things. But also, like, to tie it back to this song, on the same token, like, it'd be nicer to have just a song, more songs that also just celebrate good friendships. Like, mm-hmm. and I do think that there are hints of that in her newer music, too. Like, I always thought her having Selena Gomez sing the backup on New Year's Day. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's hints to Joe Alwyn in that song, but also, I also kind of took it as Selena, mm-hmm. and, you know, this would have been reputation would have come out just after the whole blow up in 2016 so i also have always viewed that song as like her her like thanking selena gomez for standing by her throughout all that and so taylor if you're listening like some more friendship songs about selena gomez would be really appreciated thank you yes and so i can direct music sing, videos in my head <laughs> have her sing a duet please like, yeah please please not just backups no <laughs> um yeah, I just I really liked highlighting these two songs because I feel like they're kind of on opposite ends of the spectrum because one's obviously about, you know, a romantic relationship and the other one is about a platonic relationship. Um, but they both kind of carry the same amount of weight. Like she wanted to write a song about a boyfriend. She wanted to write a song about her best friend. And I think that really sums up Taylor Swift's music and just how she is influenced by the relationships in her life. 
and the relationships, you know, now she's starting to explore the relationships outside of her own life. And she's starting to watch movies and books and be influenced by those stories and find new ways to kind of breathe life into those stories through her songs, which I, I love. I love that she's taking that step away from her own romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just, I'm excited to see, you know, if she is just going to focus on re-recording or if she's going to give us some new music please and thank always you. hopeful i'm so curious to see what the vault songs are going to be for debut like me too because there's so many there and i thought some of the songs on fearless like the vault songs don't mm-hmm. use sounds like an album that could have been on folklore and don't use my favorite vault song um and so it'll be <laughs> side note it is my favorite um but it kind of sounds like one that would be on folklore or even like 1989 and so i'll be curious to see like are there songs that were even more yeehaw like will she collaborate with was she like i'm please, excited please, please give me a dolly parton collab on yes this. please give me a dolly parton collab. i hadn't even thought also, of that yes here is like yes. my one like wild card that I would love to see Taylor collaborate with, Lil Nas X. See, I think he's got to be for 1989 or not 1989. Reputation, Reputation or this because he was just joking about wanting to do more country, oh. and I was like, I'm just saying you should. I mean, call that Taylor. would be the, that would be the reverse Uno card of the century. But. Seriously, I'd be so into that. Because I feel like their voices would blend really well together. Yeah. Why not um, both? He can do why both. not both? She did uh, she did Keith Urban and um oh my gosh, I'm blinking. Who did you all over me? Um if you hadn't asked, I would have remembered. I'm head into no thing. I don't it? It, it 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 is. Mary yes, it is Mary Yeah, no, it's yeah, Mary Morrison. And yes. Obviously, she's got to do Tim McGraw with Tim McGraw. Yes. No, she should get somebody, like, totally different. Tim McGraw with, like, Blake Shelton. <laughs> do what not curse us with that. What about Tim McGraw with, um, who's he married to? Oh, Faith, Faith Hill? Hill? That'd be fun. That'd be yes, I love Faith Hill. I do too. Breathe is, like, on all of my playlists. Love it. Love that song. Um, so that is all we have for this month's episode. Unless we have some chit chatting, we'd like to talk about Joe Alwyn or my favorite topic of Tom Hiddleston and Hiddleswift, which is my favorite conversation. I <laughs> recently gave my friend, she did not know that Tom Hiddleston and Taylor Swift dated. Oh I God. sat her down and put my phone on airplay to my Apple TV. And I pulled up pictures and I gave her a timeline. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, August 2016, they're filming Thor Ragnarok. Taylor Swift is seen living the, the set of Thor Ragnarok looking very happy. Break <laughs> this whole thing down. And I'm like, and to this day, I watch Thor Ragnarok and I watch Thor Ragnarok at least once a week. And I wonder what scenes were filmed pre breakup and post breakup. I would like to think I have been falling for 30 minutes was post breakup. Oh. <laughs> I just I felt like the rage that, just like, gets poured into that. Yeah. Like I would just like to think that it just happened and they just dropped him on the ground and just like, <laughs> I've been falling for 30 minutes. So 
I always say that if somebody like held a gun to my head and was like, you have 30 minutes to give me a presentation on something, Hiddleswift. I... When I met Tom Hiddleston, I, I told my mother, I can't believe he was wearing the outfit that he was paparazzi picked with Taylor Swift on like at this restaurant. And my mom was like, the fact that you know what he was wearing in paparazzi pictures and what restaurant they were leaving is terrifying. I no, like, but I, I have seen it. I lived vicariously. <laughs> I have seen the picture of you with Tom Hiddleston, and I know exactly mm-hmm. what pa- paparazzi photos you're talking exactly. about. Exactly. I was like, you see, we all lived vicariously through her oh, that yes. summer. Like, I love Joe Allen, but like, I will always reminisce about, <laughs> about Swift, that summer. It was just highlight. I. She did everything I would do if I I dated Tom Hiddleston, including break his heart. <laughs> I. I cannot get into my plan that, that I have talked with Nicole about, like, how I would break Tom Middleton's heart. But I will say um, that I don't know if you've ever read the GQ uh, interview he gave <laughs> post-Taylor Swift, but that is my favorite. When I'm sad, I go back and I read that because he starts talking about the I Heart TS tank top. And it's like he gets emotional and he puts his stake down and he says, listen, I had a sunburn and I needed a T-shirt and this is all they had. It was a joke. It was a joke. And it's like, I'm about to ask another question, but he's still going. And it's like, <laughs> like it truly broke the man. And I love that. It broke him. And I'm like, buddy, have, have you seen Sebastian Stan on um, Watch What Happens Live where somebody asks about what he thought of that and he called it an incident (laughs) oh no i don't remember exactly what he says but he's like yeah i remember that incident i like to think that whenever somebody on a set like wants to just screw with tom hiddleston they just start blasting taylor swift from their like trailer like getaway car is just like booming from somebody's trailer i just i love this concept i like i want it to be true i've convinced myself that this happens because i would do that just you know no. just because i mean you had to man but, that that is one of my favorite subjects to talk about give me give me talking about hiddle swift and i won't stop but i like i constantly i tweeted about this today like i constantly wondered like how so many songs be written by Joe Alwyn. He's a beautiful man, but he's not like the most gorgeous man I've ever seen. Like he's he's nice. And then I saw him in a trailer today, and he like grinned, and I was like, mm, that that is the that is the uh, the smile that has launched all of these albums. I get it. I see it, Taylor. Mm-hmm. I feel you. Like <laughs> you can run so him. quickly on this, just immediately. <laughs> I was just like, okay, I get it. Okay, yeah. I when I I recently. Um, I meant to text Nicole this and I accidentally texted my sister who does not like Taylor Swift. Uh, but I texted, do you ever think about what lover would have been like if things had worked out between her and T Hetty? And my sister responded, no, I don't. <laughs> but <laughs> I, I do want, and like, I don't know. I don't, I'm sure Tom Middleton is a lovely man and I have nothing against him personally, but I like to think of the idea that like, if they had worked out this whole thing where she talks about the, folklore long pond sessions about how joe was just playing the piano like i could so see tom middleston just like dabbling on the piano like does this speak anything to you like (laughs) am i inspiring you is is this inspiring you am i your muse she could have written a song about thor ragnarok and that would have made me really happy (laughs) 
When she said that movies and books inspired her, Thor Ragnarok. Maybe on the next album. Listen, as she album. processes old loves. Taylor, yeah, as you're listening, you know. if you're listening, I would like Selena Gomez collab, Dolly Parton collab, and a song about Thor Ragnarok. Thank you. And if we can't get through Ragnarok, um, a Loki like TV series track, Loki and Sylvie, I'm into it. I, you know, there's what am I a magic love right there. We know, we know that works. We know she likes it. So, yeah. <laughs> but I love Thor. So, like, <laughs> just a little mention of Thor. Thank you. Just a little mention. A little mention. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so unhinged. I love this so much. This is like my favorite part of any podcast is like the unwinding after the topic. Um, But I want to thank both of you for joining us today. I appreciate your input very much. Uh, You have been listening to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast on the Geeky Waffle. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me over at Maggie of the Town on Twitter. And you can also follow the pod at Taylor Swift pod on Twitter. Uh, Where can folks follow both of you? Uh, Lex, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I am at Alexis Willie, W I L L I underscore on Twitter and Instagram. I'm on Twitter at Arzuamin. Um, that's also where you can find me talking about Space Waffles, my podcast on the Kiki Waffle Network. And then uh, me personally, otherwise, off of Twitter, you can find me at arzud2.com, which is my website slash blog. So those are the best places to find me. And at the obviously the Geeky Waffle Network, the geekywaffle.com, all of that. I do a lot of writing there as well. And next month, we will be talking about three bonus songs from Taylor Swift's debut album. So be sure to tune in on the 13th.